0: Hey, we're continuing our series on unshakable faith. And uh, let's see, this is part four. There's one more to go after this just to kind of bring us up to speed, just put put us all in the same frame of reference here. In our first week, we spoke about the fundamentals of faith, some fundamental things of unshakable faith, things that God says about faith and His, uh, his truth for us to understand on how to walk in faith. Then in the next week, we talked about dealing with doubt. So we took this, this issue, this area of doubt and how it relates to faith and staying unshakable. Last week we spoke about dealing with failure and seeing it correctly, seeing it through God's eyes. That he never intends for failure uh, to be fatal, for failure to be the end. But God will work through that and that's a part of the process of growing and learning if we handle it correctly. Uh, so now what we're going to do this week is we're going to be talking about enemies of unshakable faith. So uh, rather than, you you know, zeroing in on a topic, you you know, one of the biggies that might trip people up like we did these last two weeks, I want to again sort of springboarding off of week one, talk about some things that if we don't understand them and walk them out correctly, they actually become enemies to living as a person with unshakable faith. And then we got one more week that we'll hit next week. So uh, as we get into it, just a a bit of a reminder here, again, just to put us uh, in the same frame of reference here, so when we talk about faith, well, what, what is faith? So Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So again, when we're talking about faith, we're understanding it starts with hope. And hope, really, the, the encapsulation of hope is, hey, it's possible. You, you know it could happen it's in the realm of possibility with you know with God, all things are possible that's a hope filled statement for sure, but God lets us know that although hope is essential for faith it's not the same thing as faith and actually, faith is assurance that's the key it's assurance of what we hope for, so it brings it from the realm of yeah it's definitely possible into the realm of no, this is as God wants it and And I'm in agreement with him, and even if I don't see it yet, I know it's God's heart, it's his promise, it's his character, and so I can be in a place of assurance that God will line things up uh, according to what he has promised and according to who he is. And then I move from hope to assurance. Can you say amen? How faith comes, that's another very key thing for us to understand. Uh, Because as we looked in week one, there's weak faith, there's strong faith, there's strengthening faith, and there's weakening faith. There's all different places that our faith can be in. Uh, Romans 10, 17 uh, actually spells out for us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and and in the greek there that's not talking about faith comes by hearing one time and now having a mental understanding and now we're just you know you know Lord's gym, bodybuilder, Mr. Universe faith, you know. Uh, instead, it's saying faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. That's that's the context in the Greek of what's being spoken about there. In other words, we keep feeding, you know. Uh, we have a world that's, that's um, operating uh, in, in a lot of ways very contradictory to what God says about reality, and so we have to feed on his word, which he says is alive and active and powerful. So we feed on his His word and now we're seeing from his perspective and our faith is being fed and our faith is being strengthened and it grows. Uh, And then the other thing we need to understand uh, foundationally is how our faith is released. So it's one thing to have, you know, agreement and to say, yes, I believe it's true, but then there's another ingredient. And we can see this in in James chapter 1 We'll look at verses 14 and then 17 and 18. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. Interesting, in another translation, you know, it says uh, faith without deeds. In another translation, it says faith without deeds corresponding action you know so there's action that moves along it, it's in our behavior but most of all it's in the confession that comes out of our mouth and in fact the word talks about faith faith in Christ the, the Christian faith it calls it the great confession so, and we we'll see in a verse in just a, a minute here we're called to hold fast to our confession of faith you know, so as we understand these things, so faith gives substance to hope. It's assurance of what we don't see. It's believing God before even we see it. Uh, then we understand that faith will come in my life and grow in my life as I hear the word of God and keep feeding on it. And then, of course, I, I, I act on my faith. I live my life in agreement with what God says. So in light of these things, uh, one more thing that we need to recognize, you know, kind of uh, peering back to week one, is that faith is a fight. Right it's not something that just you know is just happens unhindered in our lives it's a battle for sure and 1 Timothy 6:12 says fight the good fight of faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your here it is good confession in the presence of many witnesses so so that's our frame of reference as we look now at uh, some of the enemies of unshakable faith. So number one uh, enemy is failure to understand what it means to be a new creature in Christ. Failure to understand that when you said, Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord and Savior of my life, that God made you a brand new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. So how many know we're not just forgiven sinners? We've been made brand new. Literally new creation, the the word again in the Greek there is talking about a whole new species that never existed. Born again, child of God. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. So when we say yes to Jesus, we're not simply affirming uh, a belief system, a value system, uh, a a religious persuasion. We are literally inviting the Lord to, to reign in our heart by his Holy Spirit. And we become born again. We become a brand new creation. Can you see if we don't operate from that place, our our faith is vulnerable to be shaken. What this is saying here, right, we know that when we become born again, the battle doesn't stop. When we become born again, it is an instant uh, behavior change like with the flip of a light switch. You know, there might be some radical stuff that happens as, you know, now Christ is in our heart, you know. But, but at the end of the day, we still have to walk out living in the new man. Why? Well, because we still have this flesh to deal with, right? Who, who is the real you? Is it this uh, pretty handsome You know, crowd that that's here this morning, what we see on the surface. I I heard a preacher say one time, No, this is just our earth suit right this is uh, still corrupted still still aging unfortunately this is eventually going to go in the ground but the Bible says we're going to get a new glorified body the real us is the eternal soul that's on the inside amen that's the one that's going to live forever either with God as we're born again or uh, apart from God uh, not being born again and that, that's the, the good news the gospel message that we want to present God wants everybody you know to be with him for eternity but if we don't understand what it means means, ...means to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, then when it comes to this battle, it's going to be a lot easier for us to be shaken. Uh, So, second enemy that we want to look at ties in with this. It's a failure to understand our place in Christ. So, the Bible tells us that when we become born again, when we become Christians... ...and God comes to live inside of our heart, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness that's been purchased for us on the cross by Christ Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't see anything but that. He sees this, this robe of righteousness that's because of what Jesus did. And, and, and that ties in here with 2 Corinthians 5.17. When, when I began to grasp this, this revolutionized my walk with God. Because now I'm not operating from this place of, well, Lord, I sure hope you'll hear me. Lord, I'm not worthy to come into your presence, and I'm not sure if you even want to give me the time of day. Right? But when we understand, no, in Jesus we've been made brand new. And in Jesus we've been given this position where we're seated in heavenly places. We've been adopted. We've been given sonship, adopted children. Right, there's one time where Jesus is speaking to somebody wanting a miracle from him. And he says healing is the children's bread. He's saying that's the food that belongs to my kids. You know, and, and that's what's happened to us. That's part of the covenant that we have when we've made Jesus Lord of our lives. Another thought, again, similar, but just a shade enough different, that is an enemy to our faith is a failure to understand righteousness. So I already leaned into this a little bit. Second Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Right, so as we walk through uh, this, this fight of faith, you know, and we're, we're seeing maybe things in the natural, maybe, uh, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's anger. Maybe we're, we're just uh, so rattled by fear. Maybe it's just carnality, you know, whatever it is. And, and we, could, we could see these things happening in the natural, things that we're even warring with on the inside. And, and, and if we don't understand our position in Christ, we could let those things rob us from the things that God wants to do in us and rob us from the things that God wants to do through us. So what does that mean instead? You know, if I'm, I'm you know, in a situation and I'm feeling particularly grumpy and I have a not-so-nice, kind thought towards somebody else... You know, my response to that is, no, I've been given the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's not me. That's the old nature. And the old nature has passed away. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I renounce that. I don't receive that. God, I thank you for who you said I am in you. I receive that. I walk in that. That's the fight of faith in the moment by moment. Can you say amen? And. You know, that could sound like just a little thing, like a grumpy thought. But how many know giants, when it comes to battle, giants don't start off as giants. They start off as little foxes. You know, so any person who has, you know, had a major crumbling in their life, you know, where, where they've made a, a catastrophic choice that, that has really wrecked things up for themselves and, and, and for the people around them, you know, they didn't get up one day and said, hey, I think I'll just turn my life into a catastrophe. That sounds like a good idea, you know. But instead, you, you can go back and you can trace it back to a little fox and a little fox and a little fox, and a little fox, and instead of bringing that kitten into captivity, and instead of bringing that under the lordship of Christ, instead of fighting the good fight of faith, then it's th- these things allowed to grow and grow. Not understanding our position in Christ, not understanding the new nature, not understanding that we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right when we think about it, it, it tells us in the Word where are a kingdom of holy priests, royal priests. That is, that is our station and that is our place in Christ. When we recognize that, we will grow up into that spot. But if we are kept out of that understanding of what it is to be a Christian, then the enemy can have a field day on us, right? Have you ever had the enemy say this to you? I can't believe you thought that. Some Christian. Yeah, come on, wave me. Have you ever had something like that happen? You actually, look at the way you respond to that man of faith, woman of faith. You know, the enemy comes in, right? He wants to rob, he wants to steal, he wants to destroy. And any posturing the enemy gets out of statements like that are coming because we have forgotten who we are in Christ. You know, we, we, we move in something like that, and it's like, that's the old nature, that's the new nature. Out it goes in Jesus' name. And then we walk that step by step. Now, what happens as a Christian, you know, in the righteousness uh, of God in Christ Jesus, what happens when we do sin? First uh, 1 John 1, nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So, you know, maybe we're, we're having a struggle and we're wrestling. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and say, Father, you have made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but I'm not walking it the way I should. So, Lord, I thank you for the grace to walk it out. Hey, I love this verse that comes from Peter. His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Man, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Everything we need to live ha- has been done in Christ. Everything we need to be godly has already been done in Christ. So I'll have times where I'm going along. God, I thank you that, that, that you have given me everything I need for godliness. You know, I, 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 that, that's a verse. That's probably if I would have a theme verse for myself at the shop right in Manchester, that's my verse. God, I thank you that you've given me everything I need for godliness. And I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by how I'm acting. I'm not moved by the countenance on my face. I'm moved by the fact that you're in my life and I'm a brand new creature. And that's what's going to prevail, right? It's, it, you know, there, it's a battle, it's a fight, but, but we overcome in all of it, unshakable faith. Number four, failure to understand. This is number four enemy of unshakable faith. Failure to understand our right to use the name of Jesus, So John 16, 23 and 24, in that day you will no longer, this is Jesus talking, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. That's a good word. And in Mark 16, uh, 15 to 17, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. So notice, those who believe. And then it goes on to say, in my name. Right, so it's through walking in belief. In the name that has all authority over every other name that's named under heaven, under earth, on the earth, we have been given the authority to use that name. And when we realize it, then no attack of the enemy can ever defeat us or cause us to fall. Now, I'm talking about this so far a lot this morning in the context of our own discipleship walk with the Lord. You know, that, that it's this, this picture, this process of, of uh, walking in faith that what God said he has done in us, he has actually done. And again, there's going to be plenty of times, I'm sure we can all say we've had plenty of times where, where we're where, uh, believing it before we see it. Lord you said you've done this you said you're this in my life you said you've not given me a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind so lord i i you know we can we can have that good fight of faith going on we're in the natural we're trembling, but we can turn and say, but God, I'm not moved by what I feel. And I say, soul, body, get in line with the word of God. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind, you know? Mind be sound, you know? We have the authority. Man, there have been times where I've been feeling under the weather, you know? And, and the Bible says, lay hands on the sick, you know? And I look around, there's nobody else, and you know, I'll just, you know, in the name of Jesus, be healed, you know? I just happen to be the same individual, the one dealing with sick and the one laying hands. And and, and, and that certainly qualifies for both, you know. And just believing God, taking him at his word, the authority of the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, another one uh, that's important to lay out here, another enemy of faith, failure to act upon the word. So Matthew 7, uh, 24 to 27, a parable probably many of us know, says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall but because it had its foundation on the rock, and that's why it didn't fall. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So again, this picture of uh, we need to, as we walk in faith, remember we said it in the introduction, faith has to have corresponding action. So again, in in whatever setting that we're looking at where we're believing God, you know, uh, what is it to be a doer of the word of God? It's to do our level best to bring our lives into alignment, into obedience, into agreement with the commands, the precepts, the principles, the character, and the promises of God. It's making that effort to say, okay, Lord, am I living in light? Am I bringing my life into alignment, under submission, in agreement with what you said? And so, uh, so that, that is this picture of building our house on the rock. Notice in both cases, the, the house was built. They both heard the word. They both had storms come. But the difference maker for them was uh, one did the word and the other one just did, did not walk out and do the word. All right, now again, the sixth one that we're looking at here, sixth enemy of unshakable faith, is a little bit similar, but it's it's worth pointing out separately. And it's failure to, again, hold fast to our confession. It's failure to make sure that our mind, not our mind, our mouth, which is connected to our mind, that our mouth is speaking in agreement with the word of God. Right there's there's power in agreement, and oftentimes our mouth is revealing where we have aligned our agreement. You know Romans ten ten for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And man, I mean this is really this is the battlefront, isn't it? Our mouth. You know, I, I've had some messages that I've been kind of brewing on, you know, at some point here we'll, we'll go through these, you know, because the word has a lot to say about taming the tongue, right? It says there's a lot of different ways for us to evaluate and measure our growth with the Lord. Uh, but one of the things that it does say that speaks of uh, a maturity spiritually is our ability uh, to tame our mouth. Right? Didn't Jesus, you know, he said at one point, yeah, blessing and cursing shouldn't come out of the same mouth, just like bitter water and fresh water don't come from the same source? You know, just trying to talk about, man, that's a total contradiction. Man, how many know we got our work cut out for us with that, right? Lord, I I submit this this thing to your lordship, and I need your grace and I need your help with it. You know, if we really, really kept our, our eye on that, how much less How much less conversation would happen in a given week, huh? I think the world would be a quieter place if people were thinking, I'm going to think before whatever my flesh wants to come out of my mouth comes out of my mouth, right? So we want to hold fast to our confession. All right, so these are six enemies that can shake our faith. And, and, and let me for a moment take a step back, because like I said, I've been talking more in the context of our own personal devotion and, and, and walk with the Lord. What do we do then, you know, as we're looking at some of the, the bigger picture things that have been going on around us? You know, the things that have been shaking the world, things that have been shaking our nation. You know, as we look at these things, and, and there's many things that come down the road where we think, gee, I would have thought God wanted A, B, and C, Not really sure why this went down this way. You know, I I would have thought he would have connected the dots this way. And if we're not careful, we're going back to looking at the, the circumstances and letting those things shape whether our faith is unshakable or shaky. Rather than saying, let me take a step back here and let me go by what I know. God says this about his nature. He says this about his character. He makes these promises for his people, and I'm going to build on that rock. The rock of who he said he is, because that I can trust. You know, there was a situation recently where where there was some dialogue on, why don't you you speak to this? And I said, because I don't know what God's doing. So I'm not going to speak to that. But what I am going to do is trust him and i'm going to put my focus on knowing i know what i know what i know about him and i know we can trust him and friends there's a lot more shaking that will be going on in the world around us right the word of god tells us in the last days perilous times will come that that means actually the 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 broader picture of that word, perilous times, times that are hard to deal with and hard to bear. It says about the last days that, that men's hearts will, will melt in their chest like wax because of fear and because of the pressure of those days. But church, how many know that that is not God's destiny and God's picture for you as his children? Man, he tells us those things. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that's why he shows us, this is who I am, so you can build on this rock. You know, so we try to discern and we try to understand and we, we pray toward a certain end and we walk in his principles and his precepts. And sometimes it's really clear to see how God is maneuvering in the picture. Sometimes it's not. But if we make that picture what we're building on, man, look out, we're in danger of building on the sand. Rather than, than going back to God saying, and I am faithful. And I will never leave you or forsake you. And I am the greater one that lives on the inside of you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And even when we don't have the dots connected, even when we don't have it all figured out. Can you say amen? amen. So I pray that your heart would be encouraged in that. So, so now with that, let, let's just wrap up here. Um, got a couple of minutes. I, I just want to rattle through some, some steps we can take. What happens when our faith gets shaken? What are some steps we can do to uh, get our our faith back to being unshakable? Number one, recognize the source as Satan and stand your ground. Recognize he's the source and stand your ground. 2 Corinthians 4.4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And again, it tells us in John, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So we recognize him as the source, and then we do what it says in Ephesians chapter 6 when it talks about putting on the armor of God, uh, we stand our ground. So we recognize the source when our faith has been shaken and we stand our ground. Let's look at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Ready for this, church? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. May we be delivered from wrestling against flesh and blood. We are that royal priesthood, the new creation in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God, and we are called not to be turning our eyes to what flesh and blood is doing, but to take that rightful place at his right hand and wrestle against those principalities, those powers, those rulers. Understand what the enemy is doing and take our stand says, therefore, when we put on the full armor of God, verse 13, so that when the evil day comes, we may be able to stand our ground and after we've done everything to stand. And then it goes on and it talks about all this different armor, which by the way, when we dig into each piece of that armor, it all relates to, it's all fueled by the word of God. Right? So as we live in the word of God. All right. A second step, be sure that you know what God's promise is regarding that area where your faith is shaken. So go back to the word. What does the word say? Because God's word is God's will. And when we know his will and we know his word, then we can take a strong stand on it. If we get out beyond the word, we have no basis for our faith. So when we're aligned with the word, we're aligned with his will. Third step we can take, be sure that we're not living in sin or practicing wrongdoing. That sounds kind of like an obvious one, but it's just so important. You know, uh, we as people can, you know, have things go in the blind spot. We can justify things that we shouldn't. We got to make sure that we can't, we understand that we can't practice sin. And, and expect God to be moving uh, in behalf in our lives. Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. All right, a fourth step. How are we doing? Hanging in? All right, fourth step. Be sure no doubt or unbelief is permitted in your life concerning the promise of God. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So how how do we get that off? Again, uh, double-mindedness isn't so much when the thought jumps through your head, it's what do we do with the little fox, right? Because that's the the enemy's strategy since the beginning. Did God really say? Yes, he did. Shut up, devil. And then go back to eyes on on, on the covenant, eyes on the promise, eyes on God's character. Uh, Number five, we're doing good. Uh, Do not tolerate for one single moment a thought to the contrary. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. All right, and then the last one here, give the glory to God even before we see it come to manifestation. We believe it before we ever see it, and we praise our way on into it. Can you say amen? amen. That's what it says about uh, Abraham, Romans four nineteen to 21 Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. This is in light of God's promise that they would have a child. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. And he gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Can you say amen? Unshakable faith. Right? Recognizing these different enemies, whether it's in our own personal discipleship walk or whether it's based on what we see going on around us. Church, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing, but I'm seeing confusion. I'm seeing all kinds of just, just people in really, really tough spots. I just want to encourage you, if your faith has been shaken this morning, go back to the simple promises of God. Go back to the simple character and nature of God. He did say as these last days progressed, they would get bumpy. But if we will live pressed into him, if we will live in his word, we need not be shaken by what's going on. Quick closing story and we're gonna pray. Uh, I, I know of a pastor, there was a, there was, this was many years ago, there was a crisis going on in his town and as a result, there was a crisis in his church. And this pastor was so just full of peace So much so that it so upset one of the congregants that he came to him and he said, like, what's wrong with you? And he said, what do you mean what's wrong with me? He goes, don't you see what's going on around you? You don't even have enough sense to be worried by what's going on. (laughs) And this pastor said, no, no, you got it all wrong. I am fully persuaded that God has the power to do what God said he would do. And I'm resting in him. Amen. That's a fight of faith. That's a fight of faith. Sometimes, you know, for me in, in my walk, that would be like, no, nah, I, 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 nah, I don't receive that thought. I bring it to captivity to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, victory. 3.2 seconds later. Uh, Lord, I thank you. I don't receive that thought in the name of Jesus. Have you ever had it where it's just trying to pound, it's just trying to pound, just trying to pound. And, you know, and it's just we fight the good fight of faith, set our eyes on his word. Faith grows. We, we're rested in him and we're unshakable. So as we close here, watching online, us here today, feel free if you want to just close your eyes and bow your heads. Is there anybody here today that would say, God, I just want a fresh and a new. I just need to move to a place. Uh, Lord, I've been shaken. By all the stuff, whether it's an intensely private personal thing, or whether it's something that that's part of what we've all been experiencing. If you're here this morning, you want to just say, "God, I am committing to press into Your Word, to believe You, take You at Your Word." I've been shaken, and I'm running back in. If that's you, just give a, a raise up to Him, God. That's me. I've been shaken, and I'm pressing back in on Your promises, on who You said You are on your ways, your principles. So God, Lord, I just thank you all around this place. I thank you watching in the online campus. Lord, we are committed here today to say that we are setting, fixing our eyes on you. Lord, that we are going to take every place where we've been rattled, where we've been shaken, and we are gonna be turning our attention to what does the word say? What do you say about your character, your ways, the promises? Lord, work in us, work through us, Lord, wherever somebody's just been, Lord, just kind of busted up in this last season, heal them up, God, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, breathe on each one here, on each one uh, watching, engaging online. Holy Spirit, fill us up to overflowing, Lord. Bring us into perfect alignment with with your path for us in these dark days, Lord. It's dark around us, but we're of good cheer because you have overcome it all. And we give you the glory for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.